This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Shabbat is a Jewish tradition as old as the first chapter of Genesis, but lately it's taking off in a new way. A lot more young people have been gathering to break bread on the Sabbath as a surge of anti-Semitism grows across the country. Now, in the run-up to Hanukkah, we hosted a Twitter Spaces discussion with a group that's helping folks host Friday dinners. We talked to Aliza Klein, who's the CEO of One Table, and Leah Weinstein, the host of One Table's Chicago chapter, about why more young people are leaning into Judaism right now. I first asked Aliza about the history of Shabbat. The story goes that the world was created in six days, and the seventh day was really the last day of creation where the story goes, God looks around, it's like, this is pretty good, but I need to rest. So the idea is not that we work for six days and then we rest, but actually that rest is part of the the story of creation. So since that time, uh, people have been counting time in the days of seven. Uh, and actually in Hebrew, the way we count the days of the week um, starts day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and then Shabbat. Um, so it's actually the name of the week that starts Friday night and ends Saturday night. And it's really fundamentally about being together in community with people that you love and people that you are extending your table to. Tell us a little bit more about the Shabbat meal. The only thing that's typical um, is that there's there's always uh, either wine or grape juice or some special liquid that is made for sanctifying the moment. And there's actually a tremendous amount of history around wine, uh, in part because it does, in fact, you know, it changes the way we engage with reality. That's what alcohol does. Um, and that's intentional uh, when it comes to ritual um, to really kind of elevate that moment. But of course, there are options for people who don't uh, consume alcohol. That's really about blessing and making the moment. And then the, the bread. So traditionally, you do see a challah, which has is like brioche. It's got eggs. It's got sugar. It's got oil. It's beautiful. It's braided. And it's braided. Mm-hmm. There's no like legal reason. It's braided because it's beautiful. It's yeah. just supposed to be different and beautiful. And then what's on the menu completely varies depending on who you are. At one table, there are 500 dinners every week, 20-some thousand every year, and they all have different menus. Um, Some people grew up in a traditional Eastern European Ashkenazi background, so they might have had chicken soup or borscht or um, gefilte fish. They might have had brisket or roast chicken. Um, Some may have grown up in in a uh, family that came from an Eastern tradition. They're going to have pita instead of challah. They're going to have Tajik. They're going to have a completely different menu. My family are vegetarian. So we have tofu. (laughs) We have homemade pasta. We have salad. Uh, You know, there are, everybody is different. So it runs the gamut here. And so before I bring Leah into the conversation, just briefly tell us how One Table got started and how many dinners you funded. Yeah, awesome. So we started in 2014. We just called ourselves Startup Shabbat. Like we were just like, let's just get started because we knew that two things were really um, true. They were disproportionately affecting millennials at the time now, and it's certainly extended to Generation Z. So one is that um, according to the Pew Research Center, 50% of Jewish young adults were identifying as disassociated from the religion itself. They may have identified as Jewish. They felt proud to be Jewish, but their traditional connections to, let's say, a synagogue or a community center was really no longer resonating with them. It didn't mean that they weren't looking for a spiritual gathering or community, but it did mean that the the traditional channels weren't working. And the second was the epidemic of loneliness, which we now all know about very keenly because of the pandemic. But even before the impact on young adults was alarming, one in two identifying as lonely. So the Mm -hmm. question was, how do we create an opportunity that 
engages people, allows them to actually find relationships with other young adults, gives them an opportunity to take a breath and slow down in this chaotic world, and that is rooted in, tradu- in Jewish tradition in a way that is celebratory and joyful. So that first year, there were, you know, maybe a thousand dinners. Um, wow. All in. And uh, this year, we have about 25,000 dinners annually. So total. Incredible. Yeah, we're up to about 90,000 dinners. There have been close to 200,000 people who have participated through one table so far. Wow. So Leah, what can someone expect if they go to a one table meetup? Like, is this a formal get together? Is it informal? What does it look like? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Shabbat dinner is whatever the host and the guests create it to be. Every week is different for the person that is hosting, but it really depends on what type of energy, what type of vibe you want to create. So some weeks might be super formal. Other weeks might be very casual and relaxed. You'll often see dinners on our platform and website that are cozy Shabbat or it's been a hard week Shabbat, or sometimes we're celebrating something really exciting or a milestone. Traditionally, Shabbat can be scary for for people. It can be scary for young folks, for millennials and Gen Z as well. But the way that we do it for one table or with one table is that it is whatever you want to make it. So the only consistent thing that we know is that Shabbat is going to happen every week and that we want it to be an experience that's accessible for anybody who wants to join. You can be Jewish. You don't have to be Jewish. Uh, But the main thing is that the consistency that's going to be there is the community that you're building. So some weeks you might have two challahs with you at the table. Some weeks you might have grape juice instead of wine. Some weeks are going to be different from others. Um, But it really just, as long as you're there to be in community, that's what you can expect is good food, good company, and the opportunity to to relax, to be together. Yeah. Well, if someone does want to host, Leah, how does that work exactly? The main thing that you'll want to do is visit our website, which is onetable.org. Very simple, very straightforward submit a host application, and then you'll be connected with your local field manager. So if you're in Chicago in one of our amazing 77 neighborhoods, you'll get the opportunity to chat with me. And I will basically bring the person into the OneTable community. Then you get the resources and the tools and the coaching to create your own dinner. And that can happen once a month, twice a month, every week, if you'd like. You know, younger generations, they're, they're less inclined to practice religion Talk about why Shabbat is becoming so popular. It's really, I mean, Shabbat dinner is done in your home. It's wherever you are. Uh, you you need a table, you need a picnic blanket, a towel. Like I, It doesn't matter, right? I think that the, the barriers are as low as they could be in terms of where you need to be. You don't have to go into someone else's home. There's no one who's going to verify this is a kosher or not a kosher dinner, for example. I think that's part of it, right? You can really do it in your own home. A lot of people... Um, we saw a lot of people form Shabbat as their pandemic project, meaning, you know, a lot, some people learned to make sourdough and some people started this practice because our sense of time was so warped. Remember when it felt like every day was a Tuesday yes. and then Shabbat was this, oh, right, it's actually Friday. I'm going to punctuate that. Since I live at home, I work at home, my partner and I are together all the time. What can actually make that time sacred? I think it's very empowering. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear from both of you on this one. And of course, anyone who's listening to us right now who can relate, what does it mean to be Jewish at this moment? You can go first, Eliza. <sighs> Just take a deep breath. <laughs> yes, I know. It's a heavy one. It's a heavy one. I, 
Um, Jewish is sort of how I breathe. It's kind of how I live. My name is Hebrew. It means happiness, gaiety. My career is is inspired by uh, Jewish wisdom. My I raise my children in that way. Like when we come together with our family, it's around the Shabbat dinner with my parents, with my children, with my siblings, with my family and friends. It's to be Jewish for me is really in many ways so much of my core identity. To be Jewish in America in 2022 is another question. Um, and it's, it's scary. And it didn't used to be. I, I feel like I was one of these people who was raised, though I have lost significant members of my own family to the Holocaust, there were, when we grew up, it felt like there were the Holocaust remembrance Jews and the celebration Jews. And my inclination was like, no, I'm Jewish because of the joy, because of the connection, because of the meaning and the wisdom, mm-hmm. as opposed to because of what happened. And, and I feel a little foolish, honestly. Um, I, I live for the joyous moments. They bring me energy so that I can work to make this world a healthier, more inclusive, uh, more wisdom-driven place. And at the same time, I am, because of my attitude, I think I'm surprised by the rising anti-Semitism. And I'm so disappointed and hurt by it. I, I don't feel prepared for it. That's, mm. that's, I think, the best way I could say it right now. Yeah, it's a very honest answer. Leah, what does being Jewish mean to you right now, especially? Yeah, <laughs> uh, big, big question. Thanks for really setting me up for, a, for an easy one there, Sasha. Um, one thing that Eliza said when she was describing challah and, and the, some of the ritual items that make up a Shabbat dinner, where she described challah as different and beautiful. And to me, being Jewish is different... And beautiful. It's it's so many qualities of life are embodied in in an expression of Judaism. How I express my Judaism, how I live my life, and I echo what Eliza said that it is a way of living, a, a value set. It's it's the community that lifts you up, the the people that you're a part of, also the history, the beautiful history, the torrid history, the hard history that you are all a part of, and at the same time. It's important to remember as well, even in these times that we're living in, that it is different, sure, but it is beautiful as well. And there's so many other identities in our country, in our world that are also different and beautiful. And I do feel it is part of my responsibility to uplift that, the difference, uplift the beauty in it and uplift other minority communities as well when doing that. But it's for me now as as a 27-year-old, as someone that identifies as a millennial as well. It's about um, living your life in the best way possible, treating others with kindness, with respect, with dignity. And the Jewish tradition, both historically and currently, the the modern Jewish tradition for me speaks to that very well. So even though it's a challenging time to to be a a Jew in general, we have those things to ground us. And for me, that's what I hold on to. Yeah. I wonder if you think more young people are reconsidering their Jewish identities right now. I'm confident that they are, but I'm also confident that they're not talking about it so much. Uh, it is a really, I mean, you can see us struggling and we work full time in the Jewish community, right? That We think about this stuff all the time and it's hard right. for us to answer. I think that these, this is an existential question. And what I see is evidence that people are looking for community and belonging and um, safety. And so, for example, you know, when 
when Leah mentioned some of the dinners that people are having, you know, I've had a hard week Shabbat kind of thing. We do an analysis of the topics of all of the dinners. We're really curious to see what people are looking for when they come. How much of it is it about solace, community, joy? And it's overwhelmingly about belonging and connection. Um, and you're hard pressed to find there are, of course, hundreds of dinners where people are talking about anti-Semitism, but that's that's the minority. Hundreds for us is a small number because of the thousands and thousands that we do. So it's not insignificant, but it is much smaller. And I, my sense is that there may be conversations around the table where people are talking about response to the latest press, to the latest quote, the latest thing they've seen on social. But my guess is that mostly uh, they're just looking for that kind of community and companionship. You know, I had an intense conversation with my sister-in-law who comes from a Buddhist background. And in many cases, it was really about a surprise about seeing the amount of anti-Semitism rise in the global consciousness. And for her even being surprised at how intense it was, um, because though she's married to my brother, it's not something that, that, that they had experienced it as a family. So I, that, you know, for us to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it was an important conversation for us to have and, and really loaded. Leah, you are the head of the Chicago branch of one table, as we mentioned, talk to us about what the community is like here in this city. Well, I'm biased because I have been living in this city for a number of years. It's, it's my adoptive home that I love so deeply and dearly. And I would say that One Table Chicago really represents 77 neighborhoods that make up Chicago. We have dinners that are taking place from Evanston to Andersonville, all the way down to Humboldt Park, Hyde Park, even some dinners in South Shore. Of course, we have dinners in the South Loop as well, River North, Streeterville, Lincoln Park, And that's the beauty of this community is that Chicago often is the second city after New York, even in our work that we do. Chicago is one of the the biggest hubs right outside of New York. But the community is so deep here, so full, so, so rich. And the things that are being expressed at Shabbat dinner are unique as well. There are some dinners that are going to be more traditional, some that are going to have the prayers recited. Other dinners are going to be outside by the lakefront during the summer. Yeah, And it, again, it's just going to depend week to week. But I would say that the communities that are being built here in this city represent the entire Chicago community, not just the Jewish community. And that's something that I'm most proud of is that there's so much intermingling. I was at a Shabbat dinner recently with half the group was Jewish, half the group wasn't Jewish. And everybody wanted to be there. Everybody wanted to be in community. Oh, great. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And we talked a bit earlier about the pandemic. We know that it isolated us from each other overall, right? But I'm curious, Leah, if you have noticed a big change in folks seeking community after lockdown. Yes, 100%. Without hesitation, the people that are using one table want to be together in community. They want to build community and what they are understanding as community and how to build that has changed. And so their priority is to use Shabbat dinner as an anchor, as a way to be together every week, every month, to, to yeah. mark the different different times of the year and to do that through this this vehicle. Another question for both of you. I mean, if you had to give me one word to sum up what it is you love about Shabbat, what would that word be? Maybe you first, Eliza? I'm going with Oasis. Ooh, got to explain that. Yeah, 
there is um, a lot of beautiful teaching. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote a whole book about sort of uh, about called the Sabbath and this concept about creating not sacred place, but sacred time. It's the thing that we can value the most. And an oasis is like a, it's a respite. It's an, it's a moment to take an exhale, a deep one and just be present and be in the moment. Uh, and it's a huge gift. And I feel like, you know, I, I am someone who talks fast and works fast and moves around quickly. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I practice meditation. I do everything I can to kind of compensate and slow down. And Shabbat is that. It is mindful time. So to me, it's an I oasis from everything. What a great word. How about you, Leah? What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm going to choose two. So sorry, I have to, I have to choose two. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, go ahead. I'm going to go with gift, number one, and exhale. The fact that it comes every week as a gift that that we may or may not tap into is huge. And the fact that it is an exhale that we, as Aliza just mentioned, we live in such a chaotic world and we're doing so many different things. And we'll perhaps do something very different in an hour's time. But knowing that tomorrow I have 25 hours once again where I can release calm down and breathe with people that I love and care about. Everyone deserves that. 